going on, family? Happy Monday. Welcome to another edition of The Faction. I'm your man, GB Gerard Bonner, and I hope you guys are doing well. Hey, it's been a minute. It's been about a week. I know, you know, a lot's been going on for sure, but uh, we took a little bit of time to just kind of do some life and things of that nature, but it's always great to be back with you guys. I love what we do here at The Faction. Hey, listen, if you're not already subscribed to our podcast and this is your first time joining us, welcome aboard. We are very happy to have you. Would you be kind enough to hit that subscribe button wherever it is that you're listening to us, be that Spotify, Apple, Google, or anywhere else, hit the subscribe button. And this way, when we're dropping new content, you will be the first to get it. You don't even have to wait for our social media posts. You can go ahead and access it that way. And speaking of social media, make sure you're following us at The Faction Show. If you already are and you engage with us regularly, thank you so much. There are just some amazing people out there who continue to support what we're doing. And by the way, I'm actually right now on another podcast Podcast, which is exciting. I was the guest this week for a podcast called Wrestling While Black. It's amazing because I've been a guest on there quite a few times and I'm honored that R3 gives me that opportunity to do that. So you can check out that episode. We talked quite a bit in detail about last week in terms of WrestleMania, AEW, and a few other things. So go ahead and check out the Wrestling While Black podcast and you'll be able to check me out there. Fun, fun times for sure. With that said, Let's dig into some of the great things that have been happening in the world of pro wrestling over the last week and a half or so, because there have been quite a few things. I want to start in talking about AEW, about this relationship between AEW and Ring of Honor, okay? So let's kind of have this conversation. One of the things that we have been seeing that we saw all week last week on AEW television is the presence of Ring of Honor and their championships. So the main event at AEW Dynamite was Minoru Suzuki defending the ROH Television Championship against Samoa Joe. We saw Saturday night at Battle of the Belts, the ROH World Championship defended as Jonathan Gresham took on Dalton Castle, who's a former ROH World Champion. And so as I'm watching this, on one hand, I am very excited that Ring of Honor is getting the opportunity to be on cable television. Now, this is why that's important. If you have been following Ring of Honor, you know that the one thing that they've lacked, which led to their ultimate break of sorts at the end of 2021 and this whole idea of reimagining and ultimately a sale to Tony Khan is because they were missing a regular television home. So here's how this went. They were owned by Sinclair Broadcasting. Sinclair Broadcasting has about a hundred or so syndicated television stations around the country. And so with all of those markets, it just seemed like it would make sense that they would end up, they being Ring of Honor, on these television networks. Now, while that's good, the problem is the world of pro wrestling advanced at a rate that was faster than what Ring of Honor was moving. So Ring of Honor gets this TV deal where they are on these syndicated spaces. The problem with that is there's not a centralized time that people can catch them. And so, for instance, if I'm traveling, right, if I'm traveling from one market to another, I get into that market, 
Ring of Honor doesn't come on at the same time on the same channel as it did in the market that I just left. So now if I can't follow you because I can't find you, I'll ultimately forget about you. And that I think is what has happened with Ring of Honor. So it's a very kind gesture that not only did Tony Khan buy Ring of Honor, but that he is fueling Ring of Honor by giving them space on the already established television shows of AEW Dynamite or AEW Rampage, or in this case, Battle of the Belts. So congratulations on that front. With that said, I feel like it is more than time for Ring of Honor to finally have their own television network. And here's what I mean by that. Not necessarily that we need, you know, ROH TV as its own network. Maybe I said that wrong. I meant their own home on a cable network. They have to have that if Ring of Honor is going to survive. Here's one of my concerns, and maybe it's still early to think this, but, you know, the purchase of Ring of Honor was announced in March, which was significant news for sure. We knew that it would lead to the already established Supercard of Honor, which is the only Ring of Honor organized card that has happened since the purchase and since the hiatus of Ring of Honor back in December of 2021. There are a lot of questions right now, and one of my questions is, will there be an organized, separate television deal for Ring of Honor? Here's why I think that's necessary. It is necessary because right now, bringing the ROH championships, be they the TV title, the tag team championship, which we saw a couple of weeks back in an incredible match where FTR successfully defended against the Young Bucks, Seeing those or the Ring of Honor World Championship, which we saw at Battle of the Belts, that becomes confusing to the AEW audience. Now, I know that the AEW audience is filled with the quote unquote smart marks and the smart fans. However, just because you're a smart mark and a smart fan doesn't mean you've been following Ring of Honor. And what becomes difficult is this. It is very difficult to determine what is more important when you have multiple championships from competing organizations on the same television show. I honestly believe it's one of the reasons why Raw and SmackDown chose to stay separate for a bit and while they had their own individual world championships and it was a rare moment for the two to cross. But again, you cannot have two people in first place. It just doesn't work. That's two heads, and two heads is a monster. So because of that, you have to ask yourself this question. Does it get confusing to the average fan when you have the AEW World Championship on television and the Ring of Honor World Championship on television? Which one are we as fans supposed to deduce is the most important? Okay, I think it's safe to have multiple world champions, but they have to be in different organizations where we can now stress the level of importance of it. And here's what we know. You are not going to make the Ring of Honor World Championship more important than the AEW World Championship on AEW television. We've already seen this movie. Let's go back to AEW and Impact. Yes, the first match on AEW Rampage was for the Impact World Championship, right? And even in that match, 
it was not stressed that it was their world championship. It was called the Impact Championship. They certainly didn't put it over the same way as you would put over the AEW World Championship. So I think it it becomes dangerous when you have competing world titles or competing titles. Like, for instance, we've got the TNT Championship and then the Ring of Honor World Television Championship, which is more important. So you don't want to have these questions asked. So this is one of the reasons why Ring of Honor needs its own separate television deal. So there's big news, apparently, that Tony Khan has another huge announcement. And I will go on record and say this. I kind of wish we would stop getting these heads up about these, quote unquote, huge announcements. Because at this point, it's now becoming a question of, how much more huge can it be? Are we really overhyping these moments? And can we just have Tony Khan make an announcement instead of prepping us for an announcement? Or does Tony Khan have to be the one to make the announcement? Can somebody else make the announcement? I, I don't know that it's necessary for Tony Khan to have come out and made some of the announcement that he has made. Uh, yeah, I, and it's no knock to what he's accomplishing. It's just saying that after you've overhyped something too many times, then we don't get excited about it anymore. So I don't know what this quote unquote huge announcement could be. I think there are probably two specific things that we as fans would deem as huge announcements. And I hope you saw my air quotes. One of them would be a necessary Ring of Honor television deal. The other would be that AEW would have some sort of streaming component to it, perhaps a partnership with HBO Max, since they're all part of the Warner family. I don't know if any of those things are going to happen, but we'll obviously see on Wednesday night on Dynamite. Now, am I alone or do you also feel like perhaps we're over the Tony Khan huge announcements just give us the announcement. Just tell us, and that'll make us want to tune in more regularly. Just my two cents on that. Speaking of AEW, great matches this past week in their championship week. I mean, great matches from start to finish. From CM Punk and Pentagon Jr., a.k.a. Penta Escuro, who another new name for Penta. Go figure. That was a great match. All the matches on Dynamite were really, really solid. That tag team match that involved Ricky Starks and Powerhouse Hobbs against Swerve and Keith Lee, incredible tag match. Suzuki and Samoa Joe, amazing, hard-hitting, strong-style match. Great matches all the way across the board. But there's a bit of controversy surrounding the AEW world title match that happened live on Rampage Friday night, where during the match, the champion, Hangman Adam Page, took a slew of barbed wire and wrapped it up like a crown of thorns and placed it on the head of Adam Cole. Sometimes I think in the world of wrestling, things are done for shock value that are completely unnecessary. At this particular point in that match, the match was almost over. That particular move didn't add anything to the match. The idea that you would lose this level of imagery in a match on Good Friday says one of two things. Either there's an incredible lack of awareness or they were fully aware of what they did and did it anyway. Now, I'm just going to tell you, I've matured to a space where 
I don't have to necessarily, quote unquote, cancel folks, stop watching folks because they do silly things. I think this is another silly AEW mistake. The match itself was brutal. The match itself was good enough that it didn't need a moment like this so that people would end up talking about it. No, I'm not going to cancel AEW. No, I'm not going to stop watching AEW. I will say a move that was in poor taste. They clearly forgot their history because that particular move, along with a cross, is what kept Kurt Angle out of ECW. There was a moment where Sandman was literally hung on a cross and then Crown of Thorns was put on him. And for him, he was like, no, that's not gonna work. And Kurt Angle left the building and did not sign with ECW. And ultimately, ECW had to apologize for that. Now, AEW doesn't necessarily do much in the way of apology. We've seen some pretty cringeworthy things happen over time. And I don't think that this will lead them to a space of apology. I don't think that at all. What I do think is we've got an interesting situation where AEW has to pay attention to this. I don't think it's necessary that they jump into spaces of religion. It's just not. And if they are agnostic or if they choose not to be religious or if they have varying religious beliefs, those things aren't necessary at this particular point to tell the stories that they've been telling. So I think this was just a rookie mistake that was really, really in poor taste. Eric Bischoff had something to say about it. And that is saying quite a bit considering all of the crazy dastardly things that Bischoff pulled in WCW but this was certainly never one of those things so I think AEW has a bit of work to do in that department and hopefully they will take this opportunity to realize that we don't need to do that to tell our stories we've got more conversation about the world of pro wrestling when we return I've known Dylan since he was 15. I've known what a crazy fanatic he's been. He never just went and played. What are you doing? Well, you know, I gotta plan the show first. He wants to be the guy shaping. Dylan used to run shows back in his hometown and ever since he moved to Atlanta, I know that he's been really wanting to start his own company here. I had that fear of not being what's interesting in Atlanta. I said, I'm going to start my own wrestling promotion. You need to get in a room with this guy. Because at the end of the day, wrestling had grown stale in Georgia. I'm like, dude, this guy's ruffling everybody's feathers. Dylan learned that I'm impatient, and I announced that we were going to start a promotion 90 days later. And I knew that I had no content. But then I started to see all the things that he was doing. It was starting to look really professional. Gary had stirred up so much shit. We were gonna be the laughing stock of the entire city if we didn't deliver. Perception's reality. How did we get on Southern Honor? What was the process of them walking over there like, I'm gonna do that? I thought, honestly, he was dead. You hear his brain swelling. I literally thought Southern Honor was probably done. You always told me, if you don't like an idea, come up with a better idea. You're telling me you won't listen to the idea? And we're gonna pack 1,000 people! I couldn't wait for an answer from Chris. We weren't sure. No confirmation. Hey, How about that? Oh. The lights are going out here. The first indie show I've ever done in 23 years was with Southern Honor, and now everyone's talking about this company. Nothing bigger than that's ever gonna happen here. Lord, a few minutes later. It was extremely hard to maintain relationships because I was working 
with Gary. I don't know that they would go to war for me. They would go to war for Dylan. Finally, this year's going to be mine, COVID. I can honestly say my last match will be here just because Southern Honor is that special to me. So many things that have happened in my life that you could write on paper and it would read as a book. And Southern Honor is just another chapter. As long as there is a them and there is a you, there will always be a S-H-W. Southern Honor Wrestling is now on IWTV. Relive the biggest moments and memories from SHW's historic first year. I'm in Dallas Pages here at Southern Honor Wrestling. Chris what? Jericho is here and Ken Georgia is going on. Oh my God! Get the Omega! Oh man! Over you! because we're just getting started. Don't miss another second of SHW, the fastest growing independent promotion in the Southeast. Check out Southern Honor Wrestling now at independentwrestling.tv. New subscribers use promo code SHW to get five free days. SHW, this is our wrestling. So one of the regular comparisons that happens over time is between WrestleMania and the Super Bowl. Many have called WrestleMania the Super Bowl of pro wrestling. Others have called the Super Bowl the WrestleMania of pro football. However you look at it, both events are massive events for their respective sports. And when you talk about football, the Super Bowl has become a bit of an American pastime that regardless of who is showing up at the Super Bowl in terms of the teams, people are going to watch there are other things that draw people into the Super Bowl like the halftime show all of the artists who may be performing in terms of the national anthem America the beautiful the african-american national anthem all of these elements and then there are the commercials so there are usually enough things to draw people in for the Super Bowl the flip side is there are always things that draw people in for WrestleMania. And WWE went public with a few elements that showed them outpacing the Super Bowl, specifically in the space of social media. So these numbers come from a group called Conviva. And here's some things to note. WrestleMania 38 beats the Super Bowl this year with 2.2 billion social media impressions for WWE compared to 1.8 billion impressions for the NFL. WrestleMania outpaced the Super Bowl in video views as WrestleMania landed 1.1 billion video views compared to 618 million for the Super Bowl. WrestleMania wins in engagements with 87 million engagements versus 78 million engagements for the Super Bowl. And in video watch time, WrestleMania scored 13.1 million hours of watch time compared to the Super Bowl's 3.56 million. So let's unpack this for a little bit, okay? We'll start with congratulations to WrestleMania. I think anytime you can get compared to and ultimately outpace 
the Super Bowl, which is an American pastime, you have done something of incredible significance. I think it's interesting that WrestleMania almost always runs in the same spaces in terms of stadiums and the like as the Super Bowl does. And there was a period where it was as though WrestleMania and the Super Bowl would follow each other in terms of where they would have their events. Case in point, this year's Super Bowl was at SoFi Stadium. Next year's WrestleMania will be at SoFi Stadium. I mean, these kinds of things just managed to happen from a scheduling perspective. And it speaks to just how big WrestleMania is. Now, being a numbers guy like I am, I do think it's important to also mention that this year we had a two-day WrestleMania over a one-day Super Bowl. So there's that. But the other side of this that I think is equally important is this showcases the work that WWE has done over time in terms of regularly engaging their audience in social media. I think WWE does it better than any other sports organization around and their numbers prove it. They always find new and exciting content to produce on the socials. And again, what they do is they manage to condense their rather long three hour presentation of Raw or two hour presentations of NXT and SmackDown into bite-sized morsels that can be consumed by folks who won't watch Raw, SmackDown, or NXT, but will watch those clips on YouTube, Instagram, Facebook, or Twitter. So they have mastered the art of the socials. They are wildly present on all of these spaces, TikTok, Snapchat, all of those places. So I think this is a real statement that the WWE has done a better job in engaging their audience via social media, not just at WrestleMania, but all throughout the year which gets people ready and primed to be able to talk about these things publicly on the socials. There's much more engagement involved, as you can see. There's much more buy-in from the WWE fan than there is from the NFL fan. WWE has done a masterful job of this, and I think all of the other wrestling promotions are learning from how the WWE does what they do. It's really quite remarkable. There's no ifs, ands, or buts about it. I think what this also says is WWE has done a great job of giving us things to talk about. Think about all of the moments that were created at WrestleMania this year. From night one with the great matches such as Bianca versus Becky Lynch, uh, the whole idea of Stone Cold being there and that ultimately turning into a match. The Logan Paul match that happened, the superstars that were involved on night two like Johnny Knoxville, the presence of course of Triple H retiring in the ring, the whole Pat McAfee, Austin Theory, Vince McMahon moment, like all of those things. There were so many things along with the unification of the world championship. There were so many moments from WrestleMania 38 that were worth talking about on the socials that were worth watching over and over again. I can't say that the NFL makes a concerted effort to A, give us moments, and B, see that those moments are able to be replayed regularly. Now, one of the things I think they did get right this year is making what they called their visual album from the Super Bowl available. That being all of the video performances from the Super Bowl, be that the halftime show, which was absolutely iconic, to 
the presentations of the national anthem and all of the other musical ideas that happened at the Super Bowl. I thought that was a brilliant move and a great way to capitalize on that. The other problem, I think, is, again, the NFL does not regularly engage their fans all year long. So right now, while they're in the offseason, what's the NFL talking about with their fans? That's the question. On the WWE side, A, there is no offseason, so there's that. But there's always something in terms of content to engage your fans with, be it current material and current matches or their incredibly vast library. I just saw something on Instagram earlier today where WWE posted a moment that happened years ago from Shelton Benjamin versus The Undertaker. And the whole caption was, you know, Shelton shouldn't mess with The Undertaker. And it's crazy to see what happens from that. They have an amazing team that knows the pulse of what people want to see. And they capitalize on that. I think the NFL has to do a better job because while we don't know the full numbers of everybody who watched WrestleMania, we do know that if they're talking about it on the socials, that's the space where you want a really big win. Yes, ratings are important in terms of the Nielsen's and the like, but if people are talking about it on the socials, there's likely a lot of involvement, connection, and buy-in from those fans. So congratulations to WWE. WrestleMania 38 certainly looks like it was an outstanding success. It's the biggest gate that they've ever had. 155,000 people over the two nights, an incredible number. So you can argue that it is the most well-attended WrestleMania. Again, it's only the third two-night WrestleMania, and the previous two-night WrestleManias were under vastly different circumstances. So congratulations. I think WWE has figured out something that's going to work double the money double the attendance and lots more for people to talk about from a content perspective so then tonight on monday night raw should be interesting as it seems as though we are continuing down the road to the unification of the tag team championships between raw and smackdown which only furthers my belief in theory that wwe is preparing for a sale how do you do that you consolidate the championships you make it so that there is only one world champion one set of tag team champions we already have one set of women's tag team champions which now leads to the question will we then be combining and uniting the women's championships that's perhaps next on the horizon and should that happen it'll be another moment to move us to the point of sale so it's going to be interesting to watch i would assume then that there's not a need for a draft at this point or a shakeup or anything I, I don't know does it even mean that you have to be assigned to raw or smackdown since the world champions are going to just have to operate across both brands all of those questions are still to be determined and we'll certainly find those out as the days and weeks progress all right i'm curious what types of things would you like for us to cover on our reels or what we're calling now our faction hot takes what would you like for us to cover in those spaces so hit us up on the socials let us know and we'll start preparing some content to be able to address whatever it is you'd like for us to address remember another full week raw nxt aew dynamite smackdown aew rampage impact and who knows what else will happen all of that happening the nwa as well a big big time and yeah 
Yeah, 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 yeah. So exciting times for sure. All right, we're going to get out of here. Have an absolutely amazing day. Representing for my good brothers, Courtney Beard, Brandon Clack, and the EP, the fourth horseman, John Murray. My name is Gerard Bonner, and this is The Faction. I need my people, here we go.